This is why the Ole Miss Rebels will defeat the Texas A&M Aggies. This is the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. You are Locked On Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day. Also, the Rebels have played the Texas A&M Aggies Saturday at 11 a.m. Central Time. It's a chance to listen to David Kellum and the Rebels' hometown crew as Ole Miss looks to continue their run. Catch every play of the Rebels' home team broadcast with SiriusXM on Channel 190 or on the SXM app searching Ole Miss Rebels. Hello, I'm Stephen Willis, and this is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. Today's show is brought to you by the Game Time Ticketing app. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On College, all one word, for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Now, lots of stuff, and thanks to everyone that has subscribed to the channel recently. If you haven't subscribed to the channel, please do. If you have. Please tell a friend, and if you listen to the podcast on one of the other mediums besides the YouTube channel, please go to the YouTube channel and give us a subscription there as well. Now, this game is going to be interesting, and this is the reasons I think Ole Miss is going to win the game and why they are going to win the game. Ole Miss is going to change the timing and the spot for Jackson Dart. We'll explain what that means in a second. Ole Miss's defensive line is going to outplay Texas A&M's defensive line, and the defense that eliminates explosive plays versus Texas A&M. It's real easy stuff, you know. It's, it's, it's interesting whenever I put that on paper, and it's like, wow, why didn't I think about that? But these are some pretty key elements that I'd like to talk about. Now, all week, Lane Kiffin has been unbelievably complimentary of Texas A&M's talent. This one, he says, they're just dominant. They're dominant players in the run. They can pass rush. They bring other ones to rush, too. It's not very exciting for our online coach, John Garrison. I can tell you that. A&M's done a great job of collecting players and putting putting them together is a big challenge. That's Lane Kiffin on the front seven. Now, how do you deal with a front seven like that? And that is going to be the major question for Ole Miss in this football game is how does Ole Miss's offensive line and just generally the Ole Miss offense deal with the A&M pressure? My thought is Ole Miss is going to do something similar and probably a little bit next level to what they did against LSU. I think that Ole Miss is going to change A, the spot that the ball is released, and B, the timing of how long a passing play takes to develop. Now, if it gets to the point which Ole Miss has had a tendency to do this season, and this was to the detriment to them against Alabama, and I think this was a lesson learned when playing against these extreme talented teams, you have to do something other than sit back at the same spot and give the other team two and a half seconds to get back to you. If that looks like that, every single passing play – That means every time you're off schedule, the defensive line gets to tee off. They know they have to go about seven yards deep, and they have about two and a half seconds to get there. A&M's going to be no different on that. They they are really good against the run, and they are really good in the pass rush. They're number one 
in tackles for loss and sacks in the NCAA this year. So what you're going to see Ole Miss do is basically vary the tempo of the play. Not just trying to go fast when you play tempo. I'm talking about after the ball is snapped. That tempo is going to change. There are going to be plays that are equivalent to one-step pass routes, maybe screen passes, hitches, things like that, where the ball gets out of the hands in the hurry. You have the toss plays to the running back. You have jet sweeps. All of that makes the defensive line have to think quicker, and a lot of times it forces them to go side and side because that is so quick. Most of the plays is immediately out on the perimeter. And you're going to have some three-step type stuff like slants and drags and pop passes. And then you're going to get into the second level and third level RPO stuff that Ole Miss is really good at doing. And when Ole Miss is doing that in concert with the other stuff, it can be pretty difficult to stop no matter who you are. Against Alabama, they learned that if you get predictable against the Alabama defense, they have the talent to shut you down. LSU's front seven was very good as well. It was one of those situations where I talked about having to earn the right to throw the ball downfield. This is going to be a similar situation. And you're going to do that through the toss sweep to the running back out of the shotgun. You're going to see jet sweeps happening. Um, you're going to see motions, orbit motions going back and forth. You want eyes of Texas A&M moving. You want anything that can slow down that defensive line to happen. So you're going to see motions, quick plays, variance of tempos, and you're going to move Jackson Dart. I'm not expecting him to roll out like Archie Manning did. I'm not saying that, but I think two or three plays during the game, you're going to see a situation that Jackson Dart actually rolls out to his right, and they hit some sort of a drag route maybe to like Caden Priestcorn or something like that. This is going to be very important because if Ole Miss can get the ball off and protect Jackson Dart and throw the football – you can throw on Texas A&M secondary. They had a cornerback that just absolutely got picked on by Jalen Milrow. And I will pause so you can understand what I just said. Jalen Milrow and Alabama completely picked on this player. Now, you have a situation to where Ole Miss, if they can throw the ball downfield, Trey Harris is better than any receiver that Alabama has, period. I don't know if any receiver on Alabama's roster would start at Ole Miss. I don't think Jalen Milrow would start at Ole Miss. So with that being known, the defensive backfield, they have to look at ways to protect him. And you have to look at ways to scheme them open down the field. You're going to have to be judicial with your down-the-field shots because the quick stuff has to happen. Caden Priestcorn is going to be a major factor in this football game, I believe. Trey Harris is going to be a major factor in this football game. Those two players alongside the running backs, and, and we'll talk about that when we look at what we went over this weekend or this week. We'll talk about that as well, but they need to be on their game. AM is a top five most talented team in the country. Almost plays three of the most talented teams in the country. The most talented is probably Alabama, believe it or not, because they have 78, something like that, four and five star players. And that's ridiculous when you think about 85 scholarships currently on rosters. 
Georgia's up there. Ole Miss hasn't played them yet. And A&M's probably on that list as well. This is a different A&M team without Connor Wigman than with. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how Ole Miss's defensive line has a chance to steal the show from the Texas A&M offensive line. It's going to be really, really interesting. But right now, I do want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by the Game Time Ticketing app. And with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, and views from your seat, their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. And there's still time to get your Texas A&M ticket available on the Game Time Ticketing app. So check them out. It's easy to find and buy tickets from every kind of event in your area, especially a major football game where Ole Miss is likely going to be wearing the real tree pattern on the helmets and something like that. It's easy to find and buy tickets from those events. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Honestly, there's not a bad seat in Vault Hemingway Stadium. All in prices, show your total up front so you know you're getting a great deal without the hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with two taps. Click, click, you're done. It goes, gets sent to your text message. You can show those tickets at the gate and you're good to go. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last minute seats and that's fairly relevant right now. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download Game Time, the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Hey, save some money. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L O C K E D O N C O L L E G E for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. College football season is here, and this season Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On College Football Kickoff. Live each Friday, Locked On will go live at 11 a.m. Eastern on every Locked On College YouTube channel, including this one. College Football Kickoff Live will cover playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, and go in-depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from our stable of Locked On College hosts covering their teams every day. Find Locked On College Football Kickoff Live every Friday from 11 a, at 11 a.m. on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it. Um, these fast channels that you see that's kind of similar to like Pluto TV and things like that, Locked On's getting into that game right now currently too. They're launching their Locked On Sports Today channel where team broadcast and national shows are going to come down. And if you have a big game, the local show will be on there as well. So if that's a different place. I think the News On app, you can download that on like Roku and Amazon and all that. So it's pretty cool indeed. So Ole Miss is going up against a front seven against Texas A&M that everybody knows is pretty good. It's not shocking whenever you say they're pretty good. Their stats right now in the nation, they have 33 sacks on the year. 
for that's good enough for number one nationally in the NCAA. TFLs at 75, that's also good for number one nationally. This is a fantastic unit on the field. That's the reason we talked about the first segment and the way that they need to vary their tempo and change their spot and just make it difficult for Texas A&M to know exactly what's going to happen, okay? Because you can see here, this is a good unit. But if you look at Ole Miss's unit, Ole Miss is 30 sacks on the year, only three behind Texas A&M. That's for loss of more yardage, by the way. I will point that out. But that is good for number four nationally from Ole Miss. And TFL's there at about 63, which is good enough for number eight nationally. And this is my point. Texas A&M and Ole Miss's offensive line is going to be a major part of this game plan. We all know that. Texas A&M's defensive line is better than Ole Miss's defensive line. But here's the kicker. Ole Miss's offensive line is probably better than Texas A&M's offensive line. So that makes the defensive line a little bit of a wash. So if Ole Miss can take advantage of the discrepancy to make Max Johnson have to move, and he doesn't have the strongest arm, he can't drive the ball downfield, and it takes a little while for plays to develop, he can run a little bit. I know a lot of people talk about him playing statuesque, but that's more along for the reason that like he chooses to do that and he's choosing to not run as much, but he is fairly mobile. He's a guy that at the end of the game, you could look up and he has, I don't know, 60 yards rushing and you're like, how did that happen? Um, it's because the offensive line was terrible and he took off running the football. He's a good enough athlete to make you actually have to account for that. So whenever you hear people talk about him being statuesque and not moving and all that they're taking his choice and mistaking it for athleticism and i think that's a mistake he's not dan marino back there now he's not steve young but he's not dan marino and Ole Miss's defensive line with cedric johnson and jared ivy and isaac Ukwu, jj Pegues, and all along that front i think akella stone has a chance to make his presence known as well the linebackers which you know, they can they can get after you a little bit too. Kari Coleman, um, Jeremiah Jean Batiste, who's playing quite a bit. Um, Suntarian Perkins. I, th I think it's time that he starts taking that next step for Ole Miss football, but they can get after the quarterback. So if you can take the runaway and make them one-dimensional to where Texas AM has to throw the football, it's going to be important. I think Le'Veon Moss. The starting running back should play against Ole Miss. So Texas A&M's running game will be better than it was against South Carolina. But this isn't a running game that has been consistently good. So if Ole Miss can basically stop that running game or at least slow it down, and like I said, I, slowing it down means like 120 yards rushing for the game. We're not talking about Wesley McGriff era defensive numbers at this point. Slowing it down is actually would be a shutdown defense in previous years for Ole Miss football, but I digress. If you can get Max Johnson in the point where the defensive line and the linebackers know a pass is coming and Pete Golding knows how to scheme up against protections and he has spent five years in a room with Nick Saban, he knows how to work defense, you can really get out after him. Now, I do think it's important that for Ole Miss to outshine the Texas A&M front seven, um, Ole Miss's defense, I think Centarian Perkins needs to line up on the right side, not the blind side, the right side. I think 
you want to get him in a position to where whenever Max Johnson has to move, he's scrambling um, right. You do not want him to go left. If you can pressure up the middle, pressure from the outside right, all of a sudden Max Johnson is breaking out to the right-hand side and he's throwing against his body a little bit. It cuts down the field. It cuts down the ability for Max Johnson to throw the ball down the field, and it might, depending on the play that's called, make Anaya Smith irrelevant. So that is how I think Ole Miss is going to take care of Texas A&M in this football game. Their defense and their front seven, I think Ole Miss's defense in front seven is going to outshine the Texas A&M defense and front seven. It should be pretty good. It should be pretty good. And if we do what I say we're going to do in the last segment, this, this, this is a boat race. I, it's going to be closer than I think it is. And I'll give you guys my prediction towards the end of the show, the betting line, and we'll go back over our keys and all that as well. But this is a game that I expect Ole Miss to win. This is a situation. Teams take on the personality of their coach. The coach gets tight. The team gets tight. Well, Lane Kiffin is one of the loosest individuals that I know of. So I, I don't think that even with what's coming up potentially the following week, you're going to see Ole Miss play tight. There's only one game that I've seen in Lane Kiffin's career where the team has looked noticeably different, and that is the Alabama game. For whatever reason, they can sense his energy uh, and – they can sense that nervous energy from Wayne Kiffin and it causes them to play a little bit off. It, it, it's the weirdest thing. But against A&M, that nervous energy isn't there because Ole Miss under Lane Kiffin has never lost to Texas A&M. Now, I'm not saying Texas A&M can't win the game. There, there's absolutely a possibility where Anaya Smith goes off. Max Johnson plays an efficient game. All of a sudden, Evan Stewart and those guys play well. And Le'Veon Moss is a legit option out of the backfield. AM, like I said, has top five talent in the country. So just like for Alabama and just like for Georgia, I put out this disclaimer. Do not be surprised if a team full of four and five star players plays like a team full of four and five star players. That that just can happen. But up to this point, and we have a decent sample size of eight games. Texas A&M hasn't won a true road game since 2021. And they've lost three games this year with top five talent. So that does change things a little bit. So I expect this team to play pretty loose. But we'll also go over the betting line, talk about the keys and the what to watch for and all that that we talked about during the week. But right now, I do want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by Price Picks. Price Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you versus the numbers. Instead of battling through other players, including pros and sharks, you get to pick more or less than two to six players in their stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Price Picks is the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season, and now I can play during basketball season too. Price Picks even offers a reboot policy so that if your entries stay in play, even if one of your players get injury, injured. 
for football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college, all one word, for a first deposit matchup to $100. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college, all one word, L O C K E D O N C O L L E G E, for a first deposit matchup to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. The Rebels play the Texas A&M Aggies Saturday at 11 a.m. Central Time, and whether you're a Texas A&M fan or an Ole Miss fan, you can hear your team's hometown broadcast. Catch every play with SiriusXM on Channel 190 for uh, Ole Miss and 207 for Texas A&M, or on the SXM app searching Ole Miss Rebels or Texas A&M Aggies or Texas Aggies. Who knows what's going on with that as well. The Locked On Ole Miss podcast is on there as well. So. The last thing that is, it's just kind of a standby, honestly. Ole Miss needs to play clean. So turnovers is a way that Texas A&M can win the game. I, I, If Ole Miss can play clean and they don't turn the ball over much, they should be pretty fine if they don't give up explosive plays. So Ole Miss needs to limit explosive plays. I'm going to tell you right now why the explosive plays are important. Remember the Auburn game? Ole Miss goes down, scores a touchdown, goes up 7-0. They have all the momentum in that place. They look fantastic. Everything's going well. The next drive, they give it to Jarquez Hunter. And it's just a simple zone play that he cuts back, a missed tackle, and 57 yards is a touchdown, and you are in for a dogfight. That play in the interception, you talk about playing clean and limiting explosives, that is an example of a game that Auburn had no business being in with you. But they were in there because they had an explosive play and they got a turnover down and returned it deep in your territory. Limit explosive plays. Early in the season, this team had an explosive play problem. Did. Other teams, once or twice a game, would have an explosive play. Even Mercer had a touchdown on the first play of the game. Tulane had two or three of them. Alabama, the play to Jermaine Burton from Jalen Milrow, um, Actually woke up woke up Alabama. Sorry, everybody, about that. Um, LSU, we all saw what LSU did, but there's not a whole lot you could do in that LSU game. Jaden Daniels just kind of had a day. But it got cleaned up after that. And you look there and it's like, oh, okay. They've held three straight SEC teams under 300 yards and as low as like 220 or 30 yards. And... That is because they are limiting explosive plays. They had There was one pass that was like 25 yards down the field to a tight end on Vanderbilt's touchdown drive. Again, that was the touchdown. It is hard for teams without help from Ole Miss penalty-wise or explosive plays to drive the field against this defense. It, it, it's absolutely weird to say that, but if Ole Miss can limit explosive plays, do not let Evan Stewart or Anaya Smith or Le'Veon Moss, or those guys get loose, it's going to be difficult for Texas A&M to drive the field because Ole Miss, as you've seen, they're in the top five in sacks. They are good at creating negative plays. Cedric Johnson is starting to get home. And if that happens, that's Katie bar the door against everybody. It's been Jared Ivey and Isaac Ukwu early, 
now Cedric Johnson showing up to the party and Suntaran Perkins is going to be relevant as well. And all of a sudden on the end, you kind of have some dudes, some things that some, some players that can affect things and limiting those explosive and forcing A&M to try and drive the field against this defense. And Ole Miss is able to get stops. If Ole Miss, eliminates explosive plays. Without explosive plays, AM scores seven, seven to 14 points in this game. That's probably the baseline for Texas AM. Seven to 14 points. Now I'm not saying Ole Miss is going to hold AM to seven to 14 points. I'm saying if Ole Miss plays a perfect game defensively, you're looking at seven to 14 points from AM. Now, if Ole Miss gives up an explosive play, Let's say Anaya Smith gets out in a punt return because Ole Miss punt coverage, This these next two games, punt coverage is a major deal for Ole Miss football. You can't let Anaya Smith, you can't let um, whoever's returning punts at Georgia get loose on special teams. You have to be able to flip the field against Texas A&M, against Georgia. These two games, the punt teams matter. Eight games out of the season, Ole Miss had better talent than the teams they were playing. There were four games on the schedule at the beginning of the year that Ole Miss had to win a talent war. They lost to Alabama. They beat LSU. Now they have Texas A&M, which they're three-point favorites over, and they have Georgia. Those are the four games. That's the difference between 8-4 and four and 12-0, and 0, honestly, winning those. So we'll see exactly how that goes as well. Now, if we look at what we did during the week, our keys we put up, number one, the keys is earn the right to go after that secondary. We talked about that a little bit in the first segment, but definitely it's it's doing the little things to be able to do the really cool things. The front seven that bothers the other team the most will win. We talked about that today as well. I do think Ole Miss's front seven is going to show up and vary the tempo on offense to help the offensive line. Again, the first segment I talked about that. In the what to watch for, this is the start of the legacy games for Jackson Dart, and Texas A&M is massive for him. If you want to talk about Mount Rushmore's of quarterbacks, an Ole Miss quarterbacks, a Manning is set at the top of that board, depending on who you ask, for the better part of the last six years. For that to change, Jackson Dart needs to win this game, and he needs to win next week. And then you go into next season, potentially with him coming back, and that would be interesting. I do think 27 minutes of time of possession is the key for Ole Miss. And I'm not talking about, like, slow running plays or anything like that. I'm talking about Ole Miss running their offense for 27 minutes. That's the key. Whether it's 75 to 85 plays, A&M's defense is going to get worn down if you do that. And third of all, this is going to lead to this. How does the fourth quarter look for with Quinshawn Judkins and Ulysses Bentley? That, that, that's kind of important to think about. This game, betting line's currently at three points. The over-under is at 54.5, according to FanDuel Sportsbook. It's a situation, if you look at the stats, Ole Miss, most of the money, the line's not moving. Um, it's, it's like they're baiting Ole Miss to do that. Uh, I'm not 100% sure what's going on, but the last time I saw something like that, honestly, well, they did it against Auburn and they did it against LSU. So Ole Miss won one as an underdog and they held serve and covered as a favorite. So it might not mean anything, but we'll see exactly what goes on. And my prediction for the game. I'm thinking Ole Miss is going to win the game 27 to 21. 
Ole Miss is going to win the game because of two Caden Davis field goals playing against his former team Saturday. Um, I think it will be pretty good. I think Texas A&M is probably going to score late. This might be a 27 to 14 that turns into a 27, 21. I think it's going to be similar to the way the Auburn game ended just a little bit, to be perfectly honest. Um, but I am predicting Ole Miss to win this game. And if they do, the postgame show, we're going to be unbelievably elated. And we are going to immediately be getting ready for the Georgia game, which will be going on while the postgame show is happening. So that should be interesting as well. Tomorrow's pregame show, 8 o'clock Central in the morning. 8 o'clock in the morning. And we'll do that. John Macon Gillespie will be on the show. I think um, Josh Guest might stop by again um, to show what the Grove looks like. Tomorrow, immediately after the game, will be the post-game show. And then we'll get ready for whatever comes after that. It'll either be unbelievably elated or unbelievably upset but there's probably not going to be any in between. So tune in for that. But thank you very much for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day. Thanks, everybody, for watching all week. Now the fun begins. We're ready. Let's go. Hotty toddy.